Tonight, I want to speak to you about a few things that every parent should impart to their children. A few things that every parent should impart to their children. And by the way, you say, well, man, I'm telling you what, I don't have any kids. I can fall asleep. Knock yourself out. All right. That's fine. Some of you might be parents one day. And uh, this is also things that I think you can do as children and young people to help your parents. And all of us can apply them to our own lives personally, even if we're if children are not a factor. But I love chapter 22. And let's just look at the first verse of chapter 22. Read it out loud with me, would you please? Proverbs chapter 22. You ready? A good name. I love that verse right there. The Bible says, A good name is rather be chosen than great riches and loving favor than silver and gold. Two things that you and I need desperately to negotiate life properly is a good name. When your name is mentioned, people think diligent, lazy, attentive, bored. They think about that. Frugal or uh, loose with their money. Morally pure or, or a, little bit, uh, a little bit of a floozy. We'll find out. Your name is, you're going to carry that. And it, takes, it can take a whole lifetime to build a good reputation. It takes just a few moments to lose that, isn't it? Certainly, you want to keep a good name. It really helps you to have a good name. Number two, loving favor. You want the loving favor of God and others. I don't care if you're going to be a king and, or a president of a nation or a, a governor of a state, or you just want to order or get a good order at McDonald's. <laughs> you want the favor of whoever's helping you. When you go get to him, how many ever went to the BMV to get something done with, mechan- with your motor vehicles? What do you pray for? I always pray for favor. Because <laughs> usually I have to go home about three times before I have to come back with the right papers I need. And I'm thinking, whoever there, would they please help me and not uh, be an obstacle? Like, I'm sorry, just go back and come back. Or you don't have this. Or you need this sign. Or you need this thing. We look for favor. And uh, there are some prerequisites, I think, to have a good name and loving favor. And they're found in chapter 22. And I'd just like to give you a little bit of an assignment. Find out what they are. I found a few of them there. I think you could probably find some more. The first verse you'll see, verse number two, is the rich and poor meet together, and the Lord is the maker of them all. I think one way to have a good name and loving favor with God and others is to make sure that you deal with prejudice that you might have inside of your heart. He said, God put the rich and the poor on the same planet, and he made all of them. Uh, you, didn't assert, you didn't decide the pigment of your skin. You didn't decide the ethnic background you have. You didn't decide if you were born on the other side of the tracks or in the rich neighborhood. All those things. You didn't pick your parents. Those are things that God decided. He put us on the same planet, and you're not better than anybody else. I'm not better than anybody else. And learning to understand that will help us have a good name and attain favor of the Lord. Another way we can obtain favor of the Lord and have a good name is stay as far away from sinful attitudes, activities, and actions, and associations as you can. The Bible says a prudent man, he, he, he foreseeth evil and he hides himself. You want to make a mess out of your life and go through the briar patch of sin and, and get all the scratches and the scars of, of sin? Uh, don't be prudent. But one of the best things you can do when you catch yourself with a bad attitude, deal with it quick. And if you've got a, got a bad association, you've got a bad friend, sometimes you've got friends, and there are some people that they're not bad, and I don't want to be bad either, but when we get together, we're bad. <laughs> Anybody have someone like that? You know, when you get together, it's not good? Yeah, there's two guys sitting together right back over there. Both of them got the, both hands up, you know. 
The truth of the matter is, that's sometimes the case. He said, look, uh, if you want to keep a good name and you want to have loving favor of God, you might want to stay as far away from sin as possible. Another thing you'll need to do is raise a godly family. The Bible says in that same context, train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he'll not depart from it. Another thing we can do is be humble. Uh, humble people are usually their spirit and their person is much more attractive to everyone around them. Pride hides, but when it comes, it causes all kinds of complications. And he said, be a humble person. Uh, in the same context, verse, chapter 22, verse number 7, uh, the Bible says that um, the rich ruleth over the poor and the borrower is a servant to the lender. And I think it has to do with how you handle finances. Money's in the middle of most every one of our days. All of us have thought about money already today. If we're up tomorrow, an hour, we'll think about money again. Money is on the mind. It's in the middle of relationships. It complicates, uh, it complicates relationship inside, out of the church. It complicates marriage. And debt especially does that. The borrower is a servant to the lender. When you get into debt, and uh, many of us, we live there. If you're in debt, I would encourage you to work hard to get out of debt. Because debt has a strange way of discouraging us, distressing us. It creates a lot of uh, a division. It divides us. And there are people right now that uh, we have problems because it's finances in the middle of a brother or sister or family member or someone uh, owes money or someone said you owed money or you didn't pay this back or whatever. It creates division and it oftentimes disqualifies people from doing what God wants them to do. So he said, look, if you want to have a good name and loving favor, be sure that you, um, that you uh, deal with your finances with wisdom. All through the chapter 22 of Proverbs, you'll see many more things. Diligence will pop up. You want to have a good name and obtain favor of God? Be a hardworking person. Uh, be diligent. One of the things we know about God is that he works. His, Jesus said, my, I work and my father works. Matter of fact, when Jesus was talking about the lady at the well and inviting his disciples to get involved with the harvest of the Samaritans coming out to the well, he said, I'm, my meat is to finish his work. And he said, if anyone gets in the harvest, he receives wages unto life eternal. God implores us to work. You, you know the verse of Scripture where the Bible says in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, in verse number 58, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the... Work of the Lord. It is work at, the, at its, as its essence. And boy, it's important that we have a good name and loving favor. We need to work diligently. You'll see that through that passage. Caring for the poor or the less fortunate. This is something that God's looking for. God certainly has an eye on the fatherless children, on the helpless and the vulnerable. And God's people of all people ought to be willing to love them and to help them. And it gives you a good name with, with uh, others, and it gives you favor, loving favor with God, as well as with man. Certainly staying out of immorality. You'll see it in context if you look, if you would please, at chapter 22, and you look at verse 14, the mouth of a strange woman is a deep pit, and a strange woman is a woman that's not yours. And uh, if you're not married, if you're married, that wife, your wife is your woman. And if there's no, no one else on the planet, that you're supposed to be with. And anyone else who is, is strange. Uh, and it's out of, out of place there. And, but I think in context of speaking about immorality, 
The mouth of a strange woman is a deep pit, and he that is abhorred the Lord shall fall therein. I was speaking with my boys this week as we read Proverbs chapter 5 together in the vehicle out to, out to um, a place where we're going uh, and to help someone move on Monday. We read Proverbs chapter 5, and it tells a story. And it reminds us of, of what you give up when you, when you decide to keep pornography. What you give up when you decide to keep an immoral lifestyle. He said, you, you're going to have problems with your physical life, your mental life. You're going to have problems with your financial life. You'll have problems with your relational life with other people and certainly with your relationship with God. A lot of things you give up when you want to keep an immoral activity going on. And he says here, it's a deep pit. And he that is abhorred of the Lord shall fall therein. Uh, the other place of the scriptures in Proverbs chapter 6 and other places said, boy, whoever commits adultery, if a guy steals, I mean, there's a punishment for stealing. But you want to try to be immoral. You commit adultery, you put a blot that cannot be wiped away. It seems to follow you. And you don't want that. I don't want that. And if we want to keep a good name and loving favor, we need to be clean and pure morally, just among a few things. But in chapter 23 is where I call your attention this evening. If we can, please look at this at verse number 19. There are wonderful thoughts in the rest of the chapter, and I almost feel bad about not starting there and continuing on. But tonight I want to speak for just for a few moments about things that parents ought to pass on to their children specifically, but all of us can apply these issues to our life. Let's look at verse number 19. This is Solomon speaking to his son, no doubt, Rehoboam. And uh, he had other kids, but Rehoboam was the one to follow him. And you know what's interesting to me is that Rehoboam heard what his dad said. He understood what his dad said. The problem was with not what he heard and what he understood, it's what he saw was what really messed him up. And uh, let me just tell you something. You need to not only mentor those in your, in your sphere of, of, of influence, but you need to model it too. No one should just to say, you know, well, I just teach them. No, no, monkey see, monkey do. More is caught than taught. But here we have some, we, we don't want to negate. Now, look, let me, just, let me just remind you, men are men at best. Men fall. Men fail. That's why you want to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Okay? And I, I don't, when someone fails, and, and they do, it's just going to happen. The longer you live, you're going to find a few people. And I, I'll just say this for everybody who said, well, I, had a, I stood on the doorstep this week with someone who just, uh, you know, he said, well, you know, and the reason I'm not going to church is just a lot of hypocrites over there. And so I just get so disappointed when I see people fall or people don't act right, you know. And I, when he said I want to see any hypocrites, I said, come on in. We can take another one. Come on, come on. It's ridiculous. But the truth of the matter is, nobody walking around two legs in this world ever died for my sin. But Jesus did. And people fail. And I'm, I, I'm always disappointed, and I think you ought to be disappointed. But never surprised. Never surprised. That's what people do. And, I, and, it's not, and by the way, for every one person I find that fails, I can, I can name you 10 or 12 people that are just doing the great job. They're, they're being faithful to the Lord. One day I had somebody, and, and they were saying, yeah, I'm out of here. I tell you what, a bunch of hypocrites in this church, and, and I don't think half the people in your church are even saved. And they said, I can't think of anybody. I said, well, what about these people? I started naming about 10 people 
And every time he goes, no, they're, no, they're good people. Yeah, it's good people. Yeah, yeah, nice. He helped me one time. You know, so I said, okay, how about these people? What, what's so bad about them? He said, no, I mean, there are some good people out there. I just forgot about those people. I said, well, you know what? Everybody that, that in every group of people, you're going to have some clowns. You're going to have some re-re's and some, some doags in the group. But uh, you also got some people that are doing the right thing. You know, the truth of the matter is, I'm thinking about this. Uh, David, unfortunately, he was, a, he was an adulterer. That led him to try to cover his sin, and he turned into a murderer. But I still read Psalms 23, don't you? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I find comfort in that psalm. There are lots of psalms I find comfort in. Solomon really was the wisest man ever lived, but he became a wise fool. And he was, uh, he was a flower of his family, a blooming idiot <laughs> in a lot of ways. But I still read Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Song of Solomon with great help and benefit. You know, the truth of the matter is that's, that's, where, that's the way life is, and I'm not here to excuse anyone's sin. I wanna, I'd like to finish strong. All of us, all the way. All of us, finishing strong, all the way. But there are some things that are very helpful to us. And sometimes when you see someone who says something, but they messed up, you negate what they said. If we do that, we'd have to get rid of all the Bible, just about. Because it was written by human instrumentality, inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. But I'm glad that what it says is very eternal and very helpful, and all Scripture is given inspiration of God. Let's look at verse 19, can we please? Here's the first thing I would just suggest that all of us, Help others to do and do it ourselves is number one. Read verse 19 with me, would you please? Hear thou, my son, and be wise. Everybody needs to be learned to listen. Everybody needs to learn to listen. All through the scriptures, you'll have an admonition to listen. From Proverbs chapter 1, where it says a wise man will hear and will increase in learning. Continue to learn to listen. Young people in the room tonight, and I'm always impressed with our teenagers and our, and our young people because many of them, they listen better than a lot of folks that are decades ahead of them. They pay attention. They're resourceful in their time and they're respectful. Learn to listen. Moms and dads, this is important for you and I as children. I remember years ago, Linda and I watched the, the Britton family who sat in front of us. And Tyler was not born yet, or if he was born, he's just a little guy. But we watched the Britton family, saw Brother Britton and Miss Britton, and then saw their kids. I was amazed. And we would say, man, we've got to learn to teach our kids to sit up and listen like that. Now, none of them have ever done that, but I'd like to try to let them to do that from time to time. I want them to do that. And the truth of the matter is, he said, number one, teach your kids to listen. And you can't listen very good when you're flapping your soup coolers, kids. Uh, learned, God gave you two ears and one mouth. Catch, catch the hint. Learn to listen. Listen with your eyes. Listen with your ears. Listen with your body language. These are things that a parent should teach their children to do. Uh, several places you can see that. Let's look, if we can, please, back in that same uh, chapter, verse number 12. Would you look at verse 12? Let's read it all together. Proverbs chapter 23, verse number 12. Ready? Apply thine heart into instruction. He said, be ready to listen to instruction, and listen with your ears. Look, if you would please, at verse number 22. You ready? What's the first word in verse 22? Hearken to thy father, which begat thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old. All of us need to learn to listen. There's so many principles of that in the Scriptures. Number two, look at verse number 20, if you would, please. Be not among wine-bibbers, among riotous eaters of flesh, for the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall clothe the man with rags. I think the second thing that's very important is 
we must teach our children, and we must practice this as well, is to guard your relationships and your companions. Probably very few things will complicate your future more than hanging around the wrong kind of people. I don't care if you're a 55-year-old pastor or a 15-year-old young lady. Your influence is important. My dear dad, and I thank God for him. He's lived in heaven longer than I had him on earth. He's lived in heaven for almost 28 years. I miss my dad. But I'll tell you what, when I was a teenager, my dad thought it was his business to monitor who my friends were. And he was on that like ugly on me. I mean, he just, he got all over it. He could tell by the way I walked, my body language, my language. He said, no, you've been around so-and-so, haven't you? I said, no, no, I don't think so, Dad. He said, yeah, I know you have. I can tell. I watch him, and now I'm watching you. You're copying him. I said, Dad, I'm not doing that. Yes, you are. And if I see you around him, I'm going to embarrass the fire of you, and I'm going to pull you away from him. Because I can see where he's going. The trajectory of his life is going a different direction than I want you to go. And if you want me to embarrass you, you you catch me. you, You let me catch you with him. You be nice to him, you be kind to him, but you stay as far away from him as possible. Do you know that's, that's not a bad advice? He that walketh with wise men shall be, but a companion fool shall be. I'll never forget a young man named Edgar one time. I, I, was sitting by, I was standing by a transformer, and I remember Edgar like it was yesterday. I said, Edgar, I, you're hanging around some kids that are, they're just, they just don't look positive to me. I think you ought to be careful. He lived down the alley from our church in Long Beach, not too far away, and he had a beautiful little sister, and he had another brother that was older than him. And, but he felt like, you know, he said, Pastor, those guys are good guys. They're just, they're cool. You know, I like being such. No, you, you, I'm telling you, they're not cool. They're not even cold. <laughs> he said, get away from them. He said, Pastor, you don't understand. Boy, I, I did understand when I went down to Los Angeles County Jail, and I saw him. He was riding with those cool kids, and they pulled out a gun, and they began shooting outside the car, shooting at people. And the police got behind them, and they parked the car, ran out, and they took off going. They captured Edgar. And Edgar uh, was in jail telling me, he said, you know, he says, if I, if, I, if I tell on them, they've already sent word in the jail that if I tell them who was in the car with me, they're going to kill my little sister. And that guy went to court and claimed he was guilty and spent five years in jail because he was with the wrong people at the wrong time. And, and that's, you say, Pastor, that's an extreme story. I don't think it's as extreme as some stories. Rarely do young people drink their first drink alone, smoke their first cigarette alone, take their first hit on a, on a, a stupid uh, joint alone. Somebody's there with them. It's a cousin. It's a, it's a bad dude. It's a bad girl. It's somebody that challenges them with things. And I think it's important. He said, don't, don't make friends of wine-bibbers. And once again, it doesn't even say drunks. It says people who drink. Stay away from them. And gluttons, they put them together. And oftentimes, and if you'll look at the first part of chapter 23, Solomon challenges. He says, look, whenever you go to eat with someone, be careful with your appetites. And some of us, we got issues that you, you, you can't even eat that just a, a, simple, a, a simple hamburger. You got to have something with special, special on it. Every time you order, I, I'm, I'm choking, and, and, and it's not really, a, it's not a negative thing, but I've been with many times uh, people who order things at a store and, or they order things, and oftentimes it's children. 
10, 11, 12, 13 years old, they never take anything like it comes. They got to have this, I need extra this and this right here. And would you put this right here? I was like, you got to be kidding me. You're 11 years old. You know more what goes on in that kitchen than you can imagine. I need a little bit of this on this side and this right there. And all it has to be special. You offer them a Big Mac or you offer them a, a, a quarter pounder. Oh, no, I've never eat that. I got to have the good stuff. I got to have... I've got to have stuff that's, uh, that's, that's, that's ritzy. He said, be careful. Put a knife to your throat if you'd be a man given to appetite. So it'll come back to, it'll come back to haunt you. But he said, be careful who you hang around. You hang around people that have high appetites, it's going to probably, it's going to cause some challenge to you. Number three, let's look if we can, please. We were talking about learning to listen, guarding companionships. Number three, let's look at verse number uh, 21. Read it with me, would you please? For the drunkard and the glutton shall come to... And drowsiness shall, one of the things I think that everybody has to learn how to do, and that is, and we've already given some tribute to that tonight, but that's how to work. He said, people that are drowsy, drowsy men, bring, clothe a man in rags. Learning to use uh, waking hours, learn to get up, stay up, work hard. I think it's very good, and I think children need to learn that. I think these are some things that oftentimes, and, and it is challenging. Sometimes to, to train children to work. It's easier for me to rake my lawn than it is to train my three oldest boys to rake the lawn with me. I'm raking the lawn and they're saying, look at this stick. And I said, put the stick down, just rake, son. Oh, look, here's a ladybug, daddy. And I said, look, forget the ladybug, just rake the leaves. You know, this is a good climbing tree. Stay out of the tree, rake the leaves. Oh, man, I used to get so frustrated trying to get Tyler and Derek and Preston to, to do a job with me. But it was more work for me to train them to work than it was to do the job myself. And sometimes that's the case. But teaching young people to be diligent. I, uh, I uh, mentioned many times about this, but Proverbs chapter 6, the Bible says, Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways, and be wise. And she, doesn't, she has something inside of her. By the way, every, every ant you ever see is a, is a female ant. They keep only very few for, pop, for reproduction inside the, uh, the mound itself. But they're, they're lady, lady workers and they're working hard. And they know that there's winter coming. And there's initiative inside of them. And, the, and Proverbs says, how long will you sleep, O sluggard? And will you arise out of your sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come as one that traveleth. And your want is an armed man. And, you know, when you find folks that uh, are work, have a hard time with work, and now some folks fall on hard times, sometimes because of their sin, because of sins of others, sometimes because of traumatic thing. I remember meeting a man that I, I felt like he was, a little, he was lazy, but the truth of the matter is I think he was a little bit, a little bit of a few french fries short of a happy meal, but it wasn't because of laziness as much as he watched his wife and his children go up and smoke in a house fire. And he was never the same after that. And I remember seeing him. I tried to help him. His name was Charles. And I remember thinking that. And, and sometimes my judgment of them was a, was a, was a negative. But, but many people suffer. And a person who does not, does not exercise diligence will be ashamed. And they'll, be, they'll, have what they, they'll, they'll beg and harvest and they'll have nothing. But here he says the two byproduct of being lazy is they keep moving. There's one that traveleth. Usually folks, and this is not always the case, but I would say it's probably 95% of the case, 
People that hold up a sign and said, it will work for food or help me or I need help, uh, they're not on the same street corner three years from now, six months from now. They, they're on the move. And if you were to roll down your window and give them a little bit of money and say, where are you from? They're not from here. <laughs> they're always from some other place, some other place where they burn their bridges because of their laziness and, and oftentimes their responsibility has brought them to another place, and they won't be there next month. They'll be at another corner trying to find another, another uh, benevolent soul because they will not work. And he said, he said, if you don't work, when you have an opportunity to work, you're going to one day find yourself on the move or resulting or resorting to uh, illegal means to get what you want, like an armed man, somebody who is who willing to, ste- to steal from someone or someone who has a, has a sword or a knife or a, a gun to try to take something that is not his or not hers. This is what happens. Children need to learn to listen. They need to learn to guard their companionships. And by the way, moms and dads, uh, boys and girls, when your mom and dad tells you, I'm not, I don't, I'm not comfortable with that person, stop. Stop spending time with them. I don't want you texting them. I don't want you talking to them. I want you to be kind, but be away from them. Listen, Dr. Callie and Ms. Callie, I see them here. I'm sure that they have done this many times with the four wonderful kids that call them mom and dad. They said, no, I'm not comfortable with that. You'd be nice to those young people, but stay away from them. Because any wise parent, well, the Lord does that. He said, wherefore, come out from among them and be ye, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father unto you. And you should be my sons and daughters. He's talking the same context. He said, look, you've got to separate from those guys so we can have the relationship of the father-son that we need to have. Need to, need to guard your companionships and don't fight your mom and dad. Uh, have some wisdom about that. Be careful. And then work in diligence. Let's look at another, another concept, and we'll pick it up another time if we can, please. And uh, look, if, if you would, please, at verse number 22, and let's read the entire verse together. You ready? Hearken to thy father, which beget thee, and despise not thy mother. He said, I want you to listen to your dad who gave you birth and, and who, who, who beget thee, and then don't despise your mom when she's old. It's one of the commandments that God gave of the Ten Commandments, and it is to Honor your father and your mother. It's one thing you didn't pick in your life. You didn't pick your dad, didn't pick your mom. But you have a lifetime responsibility to honor them. I don't know that you have a lifetime responsibility to obey your parents your whole life. But you do have a lifetime responsibility to honor, uh, honor them. And uh, you basically honor them by exercising wisdom. The Bible tells in Proverbs chapter 10, a wise son makes a glad dad. When you exercise wisdom, you'll bring honor to your dad and to your mom. Several passages here are important here. I I want you to look, if you would please, at this thought in verse number 24. The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice, and he that begetteth the wise child shall have joy of him. Could I have, um, Brother Lawrence, would you look up Luke 1.14 in just a moment and read that for us, if you would? If you go to the Forest Lawn Cemetery in Long Beach, California, and you come in off of Cherry Street, you take a left or take it into that, into that Forest Lawn Cemetery, you'll come to that first sidewalk. It's a place I've been scores and scores of times. I remember walking there my first time. 
I was holding Mason, and uh, Linda was holding my arm, and we went out there and dropped Tyler's dead body into that thing nine feet into the ground. When it came time for us to pick a, uh, a stone at the head of his, of his grave, this verse came to my mind. He that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. And Tyler wasn't a perfect son, but that guy brought a lot of joy to my life and a lot of joy to his mom's life and a lot of joy to his sibling's life. And it's because overall he practiced wisdom. He practiced making wise decisions and wisdom. And boys and girls, uh, I want to encourage you to honor your mom and dad by practicing wisdom. Your parents should have joy because of you. There was a, an unusual parent. His name is Zacharias and his wife's name was Elizabeth. They had passed the time when they could, thought they were going to be parents, but God miraculously gave them a son. What was his name? John the Baptist. Listen what the Bible says whenever they found out they were going to have a boy and they were going to name him John. What, did they, what does it say? And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. Good. He said, because you had this kid, you're going to have joy and gladness as his parents. And many people be glad because he was born. Young men, young ladies, one of your main jobs in this life is to make sure your dad and mom have joy and gladness. When your name comes up, and kid, peep, moms and dad talk about their kids. I talk about our children. You talk about yours. But we certainly want to talk about one that brings us joy and gladness. If you're not bringing joy and gladness to your parents, I think you're failing. I don't care how successful you are in any, I don't care if you can back, you can dunk a basketball or kick a goal or, or bump a volleyball or you can make it, you can ace your test. If you're not bringing joy and gladness to your mom and dad, that's something you ought to do. And people ought to be glad that you were born. My mother used to say to us children, she said, kids, I'm going to love you no, what, no matter what. If you become a prisoner or a president, I'm going to love you. But I want to raise you in such a way that the whole world might love you. If you'll do what's right, you'll bring joy and gladness to mom and dad. You'll bring help to other people. And boy, that's something all of us ought to work on for sure. But now here he says, look, when your mom gets old, don't despise her. When your dad's older, don't say, yeah, 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 dad. He's back in the, in the old 1960s or 80s. Can you believe that? We're saying that. Oh, he's so old, he's back in the 1990s. He said, don't listen to your dad, he's just an old man. Don't listen, despise your mother when she's old. You know, true piety is shown in how you treat your aging family members. As we conclude tonight, let's go to that passage of Scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 5. Would you turn there, please? 1 Timothy chapter 5. I shared a few thoughts on Sunday night about this, but the book of 1 Timothy has six chapters, very influential, and it was written so you would know how to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. And uh, however, he says, chapter 1, keep your doctrine sound. Chapter 2, make prayer and your walk with God a priority. Chapter 3, spiritually reproduce uh, yourself, winning, discipling others. Chapter 4, be a good testimony, a good example. Chapter 6 is on financial management. But look at chapter 5. It revolves around two concepts, relationships and responsibilities. Let's look, if we can, please, at that. 1 Timothy chapter number 5. 
The Bible says, first of all, rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a what? And the younger men as? And the elder women as? And the younger as? With all purity. It's interesting here. The way we learn how to treat people in our church family, the incubator of learning how to treat them is found in how you treat your mom and your dad and your brother and your sister. I find this, men of God who struggle with their relationship with their dad usually struggle with older men in their church. People who are disrespectful to their mother oftentimes have a hard time with older ladies in the church. People who are lousy siblings to their brother or sister oftentimes have interpersonal relationships that should not happen. But he's using the home as that. And let's look at the next verse, verse number 2. Uh, Verse 3, honor widows that are widows indeed. But here's the verse I want to point out to you in closing tonight. If any widow have children or nephews. So we have a lady whose husband has passed away. And of course, when the Bible was written here in this Roman Empire, especially and in the Jewish world, oftentimes uh, women who were Christians were put out on the street by Judaizers that uh, they weren't going to let them influence their grandkids. But he says, if you have an elderly family member, a widow, and you have, that widow has children or nephews, let them learn first to show piety where? And to requite their parents, for that is good and acceptable before whom? God. One thing that we find that true religion is going to be demonstrated oftentimes in how you treat your elderly mom and dad, aunts and uncles. I do believe that this is a responsibility. I remember walking with Linda around the lake out of Howells Anderson College as we were dating. And I remember talking to her about this concept. And I said to her, and I didn't, we didn't, I didn't have an apartment at that time, I didn't have a house, but I said, I said, Linda, if your mom or your dad ever need our assistance, we want to stop the world and do what we need to do to help them. If my mom and dad need our assistance, I want to do what we can. I don't think I've always been perfect at that. But in the back of, our, back of our mind, this is something that's our responsibility. And I feel like today, oftentimes, it's very easy to pawn that off to someone else so you can keep your same lifestyle and keep your same things going when you should. And sometimes people can effectively do that. They can keep doing what they're doing and care for aging family members. And, but I would just say it needs to be done. You don't want your mom, your dad, and uh, their elder years of life to be lonely because we're not there for them, to not have what they need. Yeah. On Saturday, I walked with a man through a nursing home. And I'm telling you, one of the most discouraging things, a particular nursery I went to, I took a man not there not too long ago, and he said, good night. He said, the beautiful, the opening of it was beautiful, all kinds of things. And then you went out into their, to their wings, and you just, the smells that hit your nostrils, the loneliness, the institutional view that's there, the people who have no one to see them. Went to go see a man. I said, hey, your girl's been with you to see you? He goes, uh, no. I said, so-and-so come to see you? He said, no. He said, uh, he said, pastor, you're the one who gets to come see me. And boy, my heart breaks. And I would not want to stand before God as a child of God if that was my mom or my dad. I believe it's important that we, that we practice true Christianity at home. 
by not despising our parents in their senior years of life, but loving them and giving them the proper attention. Requite your parents. That means pay them back. They help you find your, your pie hole when you're a little kid and you couldn't find it. You might have to help them do that at the end of their life. They helped you walk. You might have to help them walk. They, 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 they bathed you. You might have to bathe them. There's some things that we need to do uh, to our parents. And by the way, this needs to be taught. Teach them to listen. Teach them to guard their relationships. Teach them to work hard and teach them to requite their parents in their senior years of life. Let's pray together.